fam. It's your man, Dante the Dark Knight, and welcome to Damn It, Let's Talk. All right, today, we've done this in the past, so if you're new to the uh, show, the podcast, we don't actually have a specific topic today. What we have is an open forum, so what I'm going to do is allow my co-hosts to speak their minds today. Whatever whatever they can think of that's in the, in the news or on their minds We're going to talk about that. Everybody has a segment, so we'll go around the horn, and we'll see what Darla, Jerome, Cookie, and Shira are thinking about and what's on their mind, what's going on in the news today that they want to talk about. So without further ado, I'm going to bring all my co-hosts on here. Um, And as I bring them on, let me just go over the housekeeping rules. Um... We thank you guys for the support, for listening to the podcast, and we still ask that you share this podcast. If you like it, share the podcast with your friends. Let everybody know that Damn It, Let's Talk is back on the airwaves. You can go to iTunes and search Damn It, Let's Talk Radio Network. We're there. You can go, excuse me, you can go to our page on Facebook, Damn It, Let's Talk Radio Network, and you can hear it there, stream it there. You can uh, even get it on the Android platform. Just go to podcasts. Most podcast services have it. So just search Damn It, Let's Talk Radio Network, and you'll see us on there. What's the third way? Oh, and third, you can go to blogtalkradio.com and search the Damn It, Let's Talk Radio Network, and you will get us there also. So, guys, welcome. I hope everybody had a good week. It has been a good one. Hope the same for you. Yeah, it's been exciting. It has been a good week, uh, despite the snow. Oh yeah, see, we didn't have that down here. I didn't. Oh okay. <laughs> Cookie, you had it. Yeah, we had snow. Oh. That's... So we actually had one day off from work because it it snowed, slushy, icy. But you know, thank God the sun is out and it's kind of melting most of it now. Okay, all right. Well, Darla, I know you didn't have it down in Charlotte, right? You didn't have it. Nope, not a bit. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm only in Delaware. But it was colder than normal, so, you know. You know what, guys, anybody? um, So uh, we're experimenting with this uh, Facebook Live as we do the recording this show. So uh, if anyone calls in from Facebook Live, we'll take their their calls on the air. But... um, you heard the opening. We're we're just doing an open forum. I'm going to let you guys have your your say on what you guys see as uh, important topics in the news today. Um, but before I go any further, uh, let me tell you about my week. Was you know this is my work week. You know I usually work a week on, eight days on, six days off. So I've been very busy, exhausted. Um, I had the pleasure of uh, video recording my uh, cousin's 50th birthday celebration yesterday. And it was fabulous, wonderful, had a good time seeing family. It's always a good time to get together with family, and it's not a funeral. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you only yeah. see certain relatives when when a sad occasion occurs, comes up. Everybody comes together for a funeral. So it's always uh, a joy to get with those same uh, cousins or, or relatives that you don't normally see until a, a, a sad event in a happy setting and that's what it was yesterday and uh happy birthday again to my cousin sharon uh wonderful event beautiful event thank you to uh, her sister for putting on such a wonderful event 
it was great, and you could see the love in the uh, in the event itself. Um, yesterday, uh, everybody also, know how to act. Yeah, everybody know how to act. Everybody know how to act. You know how to act when it's a cash right. bar. You know what I'm when it's, when yeah. it's a cash bar, no, 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 Ron. When it's a cash bar, you know how to act. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. <laughs> if it's an open bar, then you got problems. But it's a, it's a cash bar that kind of right. polices itself to a certain extent. So everybody was everybody was cool. Uh, uh, yesterday also celebrated a milestone. It was my wedding anniversary to my my wonderful, beautiful, loving wife, uh, Deja, um, our former producer here. Uh, Congratulations. Yes, thank you, thank you, appreciate it. And so you had the anniversary Yes, I did. And we Happy had the anniversary. Thank you. We had to separate. So she had an event. I had an event, and you know, I, I had promised my my, my um, family that I would you know video this event here. So we we've got to get together this week and actually go out and celebrate. But uh, thank you so much. Excellent. All right. So first up. Uh, on the agenda is Darla. So Darla, let us know what, what's on your mind. What what do you think or what have you been observing here in the news? Basically just what's going on. What's on your mind? Well you know what? It's for me and it's so different because it's it's about the kids. And many of you know that, you know, my kids are all grown. I think are I I think I told you guys our baby will be 26 this year, but we have had or been blessed with the privilege of raising our granddaughter, who's now 14. And, you know, we, it, it's so different in how we raise the, the, our children versus how we're raising our granddaughter. And I think it comes down to, you know, maturity. You know, we were early 20s when we had kids and you know, so we, we raised with everything we understood and knew at the time being kids, you know, but now with her, it's so completely different. And so, you know, I was watching on on Facebook, there was a woman who, you know, had to fight the school about her son. You know, he's super duper smart, but his behavior kept him in trouble and kept him suspended, and, and she felt that the school was discriminating against him. And so as a young parent, she was in her, you know, mid to late 20s maybe. So, you know, her her argument was all about how the school was against her son where, you know, as a young parent, I could see that. But as a more mature parent, you then think about the values, the behavior, and how that impacts the classroom as a whole, not just your kids. So when you, as a young parent, don't teach your kids to should sit down and shut the hell up. When they go to school, they have no idea how to do that. So they go to school and they act a fool, regardless of how intelligent they are. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the stigma that the kids get being misbehaved children, even, you know, in spite of them being intelligent, they're a pain in the ass to deal with, and they write you off. And then they share that with other teachers. So it's, it's just a, a, a downhill spiraling circle. So how how do you guys see the difference in the parenting from, you know, if you guys are in my boat where you parent it young as young people not knowing much or having much to being able to parent as grown adults and having more to share and give, you know, what do you see out here in this world? And how do you think, you know, um, the parents feel about either situation? Well, uh, so I, go ahead. Go ahead, Sarah. Go ahead. 
I was just going to say, um, you know, for me, like my kids are seven years apart. So my daughter's 19 my son is 12 and now my daughter's out of the house and it's just my son. And, you know, even that small seven years makes a huge difference in the way that I parent. I parent him so much different than I do my daughter. And it's not just because she was a girl and he was a boy, but it's, it's really because I know so much more today than I, I did before. And if I were to have another baby now, that baby would be raised even more different because, again, I've learned so much along the way as a parent. I will say that I do think that schools um, sometimes do fall into situations where they, they unfairly, you know, a reputation follows, and, and a lot of parents forget to teach their kids this, you know, but a kid who misbehaves in third grade, teachers are going to talk, and then when he gets to fourth grade, his teacher is going to already have him marked as a troublemaker because of the way he acted in third grade. They're already going to know him by reputation and that can be detrimental and it can be influencing, you know, to where if he's got a label or a reputation for being the class clown, then when he goes into the next grade or the next class, even if someone else is being a class clown and he's just like on the last side of it, he's going to be the one who's going to get in trouble because he already has that reputation. And as parents, we need to do a better job of helping people understand that those first impressions or those impressions that you last aren't just going to follow you with that person, but it's going to influence people who, who meet you later in life who heard about your reputation before they ever met you. So they have a preconceived misconception. Right, exactly. And, I mean, it's unfortunate, but it happens all the time. And it doesn't just happen as children – you know, as grown-ups, you run into the same situation when you get into the workforce, right? Your previous manager, they may have been a really bad manager, but they complained about you and said that you were the problem. Then your next manager is kind of going in there reading your file saying, oh, this is a problem employee, even if it's not you. And it's hard to overcome that. I mean, it's just that's human nature. People talk. And it's even more so worse now with social media and the internet and things just staying alive forever. Well, I was going to say um, that the older I get, the more like my parents I get. So we never, like I never understood and, and, and why they were so strict and, 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 and the such. And now when you, when you become more like your parents, you realize what a good job they were doing. And I think what happens was everybody doesn't come to that realization of how great a job their their parents were doing in our time by being so strict or having such discipline. But it was for a reason. And like you said, Darla, when you're in the classroom and and we don't think about this, especially when we're kids and we're goofing off and talking and things like that, we're having fun. But in essence, we're hindering everybody else from getting an education. Because we're a distraction. The teacher now has to put energy into stopping the commotion or the playing around to address this. Now, this can add up if there's a lot of, a lot of foolery going on. You know what I'm saying? So let's say she has to dedicate 20 minutes of a class every day to address that. That adds up. That's 20 minutes she could not teach the class. So now you understand why it, it, it meant a lot to have some home training. So you know why your parents got on you when you when you got a note sent home. Dante was talking in class. Boy, I sent you to school. You don't talk. I send you to learn. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. 
means something now. Now you understand. Like I wasn't, I thought I was having fun, but I actually was uh, stopping the learning process from going on. So I think the parents today are a little different. I see this generation is like, have come through the generation that I have, or even a little bit after it. I see, I saw a lot of my peers or friends uh, take the approach of, I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm, I ain't going to be like that. I'm going to be more their friend or I'm, I'm going to understand. But what they did was they, they loosened the reins and some of that, and people started going a little wild. So now, you know, I know my parent, if the teacher said I did something, I did it. It was it was no democracy in my household. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I did it. Like the Absolutely. teacher word was right. And then, you know, and it was like I was guilty and I had to somehow try to prove my innocence. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like uh, innocent until proven guilty in my household. My parents were, you're guilty until we could find out that you, you are innocent. So, but we've changed that. So now. But these parents are not. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Ooh, I was just going to say that these parents, they come to the school prepared to fight for those badass kids. Exactly. Knowing you didn't teach these kids how to sit down and behave or be respectful. They cut you out at home, but when the school calls and say your kid cuts them out and you got to come and get them, you all up on a teacher talking about what you do to my kid. or It's, it's crap. Yeah, and that's, that's I, the I think the, this would um, be a harm. good topic. I kind of wish myself. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cookie. I'm sorry. I was thinking this would be a good topic if um, Aaron was on this line. I'm going to try to text him because uh, he could tell you firsthand how it is. He's dealing with a student right now, I think, who has that kind of an issue. But um, I, I, um, I wanted to say something about this. I agree with uh, Dante. Like, you know, our parents, when we got in trouble, it was some serious business in school because they, they sent you to school to learn. So they didn't want you to be in in the classroom being a distraction or being a class clown. And a lot of these teachers now that are coming up, they're not prepared for some of the stuff that the kids are coming to school with, with some of the behaviors. And now, and there's other issues too, but as far as with some of these behaviors that they're seeing in the children, they're not prepared for that. And they are quick to write your kids, you know, write people's children off as being, you know, a troublemaker or... Um, not even really understand the whole situation. Uh, and, and some of it is, is where the kids just don't know how to sit down and be quiet. Like, you know, my mother's, I guess her, her, her rule of test was in church. I mean, you sat there and you were quiet. You didn't say nothing. And so that carried on everywhere you went, you know, including school. When you go to school, you go to learn. And that's the, the mindset that we had growing up. But you got parents who were younger now, so... Um, like you said, Dante, they're trying to be their friends or, you know, or the other side of it is I'm not going to raise my children the way I was raised. And so they kind of um, loosen the reins and, and, and then it gets out of control. And before you know it, you know, you're dealing with the issues that Darla started off with. It's incredible. Um, All right, go ahead. Let, let my, my man uh, roam. Yeah, two things. Um, one of the things uh, we, we need to consider is the fact that when we were going to school, um, the teachers um, chose that career path uh, for themselves. And they, they had a genuine um, dedication and interest in improving the lives of children and educating children. These teachers today, the, bulk, the uh, vast majority of them, 
um, have graduated uh, from uh, any number of colleges or universities with six-figure uh, debt, and they can't find a job in the field that they went to school for. And so what they do is they get recruited into these, uh, uh, it, it recruited to be a teacher at, you know, these recruitment fairs and, uh, and events. And uh, they choose that as a career path. For one, it's employment. For two, um, they get uh, the free uh, repayment of their student loans, uh, at least their federal student loans. Um, and so they're kind of forced into that as a career choice uh, to begin pay payment on their uh, student loans if they can't find a job in the um, career path that they went to school for. So they don't want to be there already. They didn't want to be there. They didn't choose to be there. They got to be there. Uh, they're forced into a lot of, in a lot of cases, neighborhoods that they would never step foot into uh, to teach um, in schools that they wouldn't dare uh, have otherwise thought of being in. And um, they're dealing with uh, children from uh, neighborhoods and backgrounds that they're not uh, accustomed to or familiar with. And they're coming in and trying to teach them something. And, and then that's number one. Number two, these teachers are oftentimes uh, young. You know, they're on a few, few uh, years away from uh, the age of the students that they're teaching them, right? They just graduated. They went to, high, they went to college at 18 graduated now they're 22, you know, barely drinking age, and they're back in teaching high school and junior high school classes. This is why you see um, and in, and it, um, the news inundated with, uh, uh, you know, stories about how teachers are um, having sexual relationships and being impregnated and showing nude photos to and on Facebook and Instagram, you know, um, with these students because they're, they're not too – far apart in age and uh, so they go in there befriending the children and instead of teaching them and then uh, again they don't have a genuine interest in educating the children because they didn't they didn't really choose that as a career path it chose them based on a financial circumstance so um you know it's sad uh the, the direction our educational system has gone in going the direction it's going into uh, with the lack of funding and resources um, you know, from, from tax revenue um, to, you know, just, well, you know, it's, it's, it's just really sad. Hey, Jerome, you know, one thing that I, uh, you touched on a few different points, but, you know, I have seen this and I've seen it work where parents in certain communities, if they don't like something that's happening in their district, they band together, they fight for it, they make sure it's in the best interest of their children. And that's one of the things that we don't do normally as a community. We do not stand up. We do not take the time um, to, to go against the district, to write the letters, to, you know, come up no, to the school and protest. It's daycare for you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. they drop the kids off. They don't care what they do with them all day. As long as, they, you know, they don't have to deal with them during the day. Right. You know, it's, it's daycare. They can't wait till school starts up. You know, so they can get them out the house and get them into some place. They, they don't care where, you know, just get them out of here. <laughs> you know, and in doing out. that, they don't yeah, take into it, consideration what their unruly, uh, you know, undisciplined child is having, what effect they're having on the on the classroom. Not you know their saying? problem anymore. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I not understand. their problem. <laughs> That's, it's, it's, uh, it's a tragedy, really. But I, I hear what you're saying, Darl. I see that a lot. Also, you know, because I'm an older guy with young kids and, you know, but 
Uh, so I've I've experienced that, and it's just a it's a shame. But like I said, when you get older, you start you know you find yourself acting like your parents. You find yourself still learning because <laughs> you know I'm learning like oh you know the light bulb still goes off. It started to go off more and more. Like I guess around 35, it just I just had moments where oh that's why my mom did this. You know what I'm saying like oh that's why dad wouldn't let me do that. Oh that's why you know what I'm saying so. They haven't had the light bulb moments. A lot of these uh, parents are younger now, and they've taken a, a different approach. A, 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 I'm not going to say a lack, lackadaisical approach because maybe some of them just don't know. I mean, we're I'm older now, so it's probably like a couple generations, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that um, kids are having kids, and they haven't even, you know, grown up themselves, and now they, they're, they're supposed to be raising kids. So... It's a lot of factors that go into it, but I, I, you know, I don't want to spend this. We could do a whole show on this, but I want to get around the uh, horn here and give everybody a chance to uh, bring up their topic. So that was a great one, Darla. Um, So next up, who do we say was next up? Uh, Cookie, Cookie, what's on your mind? What's going on? Uh, What's on my mind is what's in the news with our president. I try not to uh, talk about him because he he can, after a while, can become kind of toxic, but. It amazes me with this whole accusation of uh, President Obama um, wiretapping him. But what's even uh, more disturbing to me is that the people who are trying to um, cover for him is like, uh, where is their integrity? At what point does your integrity kick in and you say, you know what, this is wrong. I can't keep going out here saying to these people things that I know is wrong. And, Mr. President, we need to handle this. And it just, to me, it just goes to show what type of character, first of all, well, we already know what type of character he is, but at what point does someone stand up and say, you are wrong? And uh, why are people so fearful of um, telling him that he's wrong? Um, It's just, to me, he's just out of control, which is how I said from the beginning, he's going to run this country chaotic. And um, I want, I would love for, you know, they apologized to, I think it was the British uh, community about they were sorry for what they said, but yet where is the apology going to come in for uh, President Barack Obama? And even so that even though he didn't apologize per se, but Sean Spicer did, I mean, who's going to call this man on the carpet? I mean, if we're going to deal with this for four years, Someone has to stand up. Your your integrity, something has to kick in. Where is the, where is it? Where is the integrity? Is, is this what we're going to have to deal with? No one has a backbone to stand up to this man. Um, I even looked at um, just on Friday when he went, met with Merkel and how he talked about her so bad, and I'm very convinced that he does not like intelligent, strong women, that he's extremely intimidated by them because of the simple fact that his only use for a woman is to uh, have someone beautiful on his uh, shoulder and just to throw money around. I mean, you know, like a dime piece or whatever the guys want to call him. That's not the word. I'm trophy wife. <laughs> like, you know, that's the only reason why he has women, because he wants them to be their tro- trophy wives. But for those that who um, kind of stand up to him, to them, um, you know, he's intimidated by that. But the the whole thing that I'm trying to say is where 
is the integrity of any of the Republicans. I mean, I have friends who are Republicans, and I'm kind of looking at them now like saying, okay, so now what? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? Um, right is right and wrong is wrong. Well, that, That's just I am. Where's the integrity of anybody who's surrounded by this man? Where is somebody has to have some kind of integrity? Well, I agree with you, uh, you know, it's it's amazing. That's all I could do. It's like, you know, this guy is amazing. I'm gonna let everybody chime in, but I'll just say on this on this uh, particular topic of the whole uh, wiretapping thing. This this guy. I mean, nobody's speaking up. Basically, well, you know, you know, Spicer and 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 then um, what's the girl Kelly Kelly? I forget her name, but they a lot of these people. Uh, are not in elected, elected, elected positions. So they're directly hired and fired by the Donald. So you can understand Spicer having to, you know, back up whatever he says or lose his job. So some people are doing it just to keep their job. Now, I'll give credit to Kami, uh, the head of the FBI, because he's not in an elected position either. He could be fired. And he did come out and say that, you know, there's no, there's no merit to the, the president's claims of a wiretap. And he did that knowing that he could possibly be fired over this. We've seen him fire. Uh, what's the attorney general before, uh, the young lady, I forget her name, but she was fired early on for not backing up what, um, what he said, uh, or the executive order. And she was fired. So I give credit to those who are not in elected positions that do stand up. They are very few. Now, some of them, uh, the, 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 uh, congressmen uh they go along reluctantly sometimes because he's still pushing a lot of their agenda he's still pushing up he's still allowing their agenda to go forth so i see that as a reason part of it and then i see some of them that do understand that he's uh a buffoon uh you know what i'm saying i see some of them that see that but they're just quiet and i'm i'm with you on those people like Where's the integrity? When are you going to stand up and say, come on, this is just nonsense. This is nonsense. But that's how party so, lines are so strong that they stick together even when they know it's a, a bumbling idiot in office. But I'll let you guys respond to that. So let me jump in real quick. Go ahead, Shara. Go ahead. I'll wait. I was just going to say, you know, you know, I think about this all the time because I, I, I often question the integrity of people like for myself. Um, I have a lot of integrity. So if I was asked to do something that was just blatantly wrong, I would, I would absolutely, you know, risk losing my job and, and say no and stand up for it. I've been in that situation and that's exactly what I've done. So, you know, I, I do question the integrity, integrity of a lot of the people who are still out there, you know, staying in their positions despite all of this garbage going on. And it is garbage. The wiretapping thing, I don't believe that for a second. I would say if that was true, if that was happening, then, you know, there's a lot of things that would have come up during the election that didn't. So I, I just hands down don't believe it. And I don't think, you know, I, I think it's arrogant to think that President Obama didn't have anything better to, to do than listen to, to Trump talk in the towers. I mean, that's the most arrogant statement ever. I just, it's stupid and it's ignorant. But, you know, I also think about it this way. And I, you know, in that position, if everybody who doesn't agree with Trump, which actually seems to be everybody, you know, were to stand up to him and quit or, or risk their jobs, at what point would 
everyone in charge be monkeys and puppets to him and his commands. And like, how much more dangerous is it? Would that be like, it's almost, you know, on one hand, you know, you see an elected official who's, who's up there and they're unfortunately having to, to support this in a sense, you know, but maybe they're doing it because that way, you know, cause there's a fear that if they vacate their position, then Trump's going to put someone in there and, and the, United States is going to be in a much, much more dire position. You know, it's like, I feel like everyone's trying to bite out the next four years and then pray to God that everyone and anyone who didn't vote for Trump all vote for the same freaking person, you know, to fix this four years down the road. All right, look, man. So Let me get a jab in there right quick. Um, for the ladies... Um, Sarah, Dara, it's you guys' fault because y'all didn't show up and do what y'all supposed to do to get y'all girl in there. So I, I don't want to hear from you guys. Oh, um, I, I will raise my <laughs> hand. I didn't vote. I didn't vote for Clinton, and I, I voted. I voted with my my morals and who I aligned most with, which is Gary Johnson. And hands down, I I know that my one vote didn't didn't necessarily matter, but if all of the people who voted independent had voted for Hillary Clinton, then we'd be in a very different spot today. And, and I, if I could go back in time and I could stand outside the polls and be like, don't, you're making a great mistake. Vote for Hillary. It's it, really, I promise it's going to be okay. I've seen the future and I know what the Trump administration's like. So please, please, please vote for Hillary. If I could go back in time and I could do that and I can bring back some newspapers to show some of the Trump voters exactly what Trump was going to do. You know, and, and I think someone said this way, way on um, at the tail end of the election. Someone said, you know, the problem is, is that um, the Trump supporters don't take him seriously enough. They, they he says the things and they're like, eh, he says that, but he's never going to do it. And now we see him actually doing it. And we see that the checks and balances that so many people base their vote on like, Oh no, it's okay. Cause there'll be checks and balances to keep him from doing stupid stuff. They now are probably sitting there going, well, crap, we really don't have checks and balances because he's doing a lot of horrible, 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 horrible things and saying a lot of stupid things. And we just look stupid. Yeah. Well, you guys didn't believe Three. who he said he was. He was who he said he was. He said he can go out in the middle of the street kill somebody dead and not lose any any support that's who he was and he's still that that think, dumb um, guy but go ahead Ron. and that's exactly who he is you're right that's exactly i think, who he I is. think darla had to chime in real quick oh. I, I just wanted to i was just going to just say that you know we talk we're talking about elected officials Darla. hello i think she's oh. driving all right, yeah, wrong. go ahead, Ron, okay, until she, she comes back. Yeah, yeah um, um, Republicans are going to have a come to Jesus meeting uh, or moment uh, here in the, with the midterm elections um, scheduled next year. Uh, where there right now you have a Republican-led uh, Senate and uh, House, um, and so they're going to lose that if he keeps going down the path that he's going in. He's created an atmosphere where they can't even speak up or say anything that goes against uh, his uh, policy without mm -hmm. uh, fear of being terminated or fired. So now you can't even have anybody tell him, you know, 
anything that goes, again, against his policies. So um, even if his policies are wrong, but he's not the one up for re-election uh, next year. So I, I think you're going to see uh, um, an, a split or a rift in the Republican Party, especially if this uh, health care bill uh, goes left, because you have a lot mm -hmm. of people who were um, um, voting against it. Yeah, down with Obamacare. These are the same people who were actually covered by Obamacare. And it gets worse as Trump's uh, latest rendition of uh, the Affordable Care Act uh, comes, to, comes for. I mean, if you take a look at it, you know, everything that all of the reports that I've seen and uh, heard indicate that uh, people are just at bottom line are going to be paying more for their health care coverage. And then there are going to be people who just lose coverage altogether. Uh, and it's going to hit the uh, low income and elderly communities uh, like a wrecking ball. Um, and then it also turns around and gives discounts to the, uh, the very wealthy uh, or the most mm -hmm. wealthy folks uh, in this country. So, you know, if I'm a senator or a congressman facing reelection, you know, um, and I'm back in this health care bill with a large number of my constituents, yeah, they may have been racist or had their reasons for being a against Obamacare, but turned around and are covered by Obamacare, you know. So this is where, you know, the, the rubber meets the road. You know, I mean, it's one thing for you to, uh, to say, yeah, you know, kill him, kill him dead, get him out of here, you know while you're eating, off his, eating from his plate, eating from Obama's plate, you know what I mean? Right, right. Sitting at his table, you know, you know, but, you know, now when you find out that Trump's going to take your plate, you know, now, now you got a problem. Well, wait a minute, maybe, maybe Obama, Obamacare wasn't so bad, you know? Um, yeah, so people are going to have, you know, a lot of times people say things that they really don't mean and they support things, um, that they really without a real understanding, truly yeah. right without, without a true without understanding, a understanding of, of what it is yeah. that they're supporting, and uh, and yeah. so like I said, when when they lose this health care coverage and um, when they um, um, have to pay more for for health care uh, than they than they initially were, and then people who lose care all together, and you have a senator or a congressman up for re-election here, um, you know. Uh, He's going to, they're going to be in a tough position. Again, they're going to have to split from Trump and, you know, rally and get back on board with the people here in a minute. You know, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, like I said, I've never seen anything like this before. Uh, with the, the infighting in this within the Republican Party is, you know, it's like a, uh, a sitting back and watching a plane crash in slow motion. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's bound to happen. Well, look, I got Darla back. Let me bring her back in here. Uh, all right, Dollar, you're back on. Uh, you want go, you wanted to uh, respond, uh, so to your Trump. Well, you know what, Jerome really hit. I mean, Jerome did it for me because all you know, my my comment was really about the upcoming elections. We're we're, we're mad at Trump, but we're disappointed in what he is and who he is. But the fact of the matter remains that he is currently our president. But mm -hmm. we do have opportunities in upcoming elections to make change. So we need to be paying very close attention to what, you know, those representing our states are doing. Yeah. You know, we need to understand exactly what they're doing and be prepared to vote one way or another when our opportunity comes again. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Part of the reason why he has the administration that he has is because there's so many things he is trying to block. 
One is it for voter registration. He's trying to block some of the the um, things that we do in order to vote, uh, trying to make it harder for minorities to vote. Um, the reason why they wanted to probably wait until Monday with this whole wiretapping thing is because, remember, this is where they're getting ready to do um, uh, the Supreme Court Gorsuch, I think that's his name, or they're getting ready to do his um, interview. Or what, it's not called interview, but it's called yeah, confirmation. So it was a lot of things that I was just looking at how um, – um, and I'm a CNN junkie and an MSNBC junkie, so I know I'm, I have it on constantly. But uh, I just look at how some things are being done. And if you're really looking at it, they're all kind of... Uh, fake news, all kind fake of news. Making sense, yeah, kind of making a little bit of sense as to why he's doing some of the stuff that he's doing. Just like this whole thing now about how Breitbart brought out uh, Paul Ryan's a voice about how he's not going to support um, President Trump or anything that he does with this whole, um, you know, when he was when the Hollywood t- access tape came out. It's just so much that is going on right now, and and if you're not careful, step while we're being distracted by one thing, they're they're doing something completely different, and that's the part that I think that keeps me glued because when he's doing this dumb stuff, I call it, um, juvenile, petty, immature stuff. Distracting, What's really happening distracting. behind the scenes? While, yeah, while we're distracted with this stuff, what's really happening behind the scenes? And I think that is where um, most people are getting caught up. They're getting caught up in the distractions. But the real issue at hand is the whole, what's the Russia ties? What is the ties you have with Russia? I believe he's in Russia's pocket. I don't care what nobody says. I just really believe that. Um, I do as well. So I'm just looking at all this. And, 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 and one of the things I've learned about Trump as I'm paying attention to him, he don't care if the whole ship goes down as long as he looks good. And he will throw all of his people under the bus if it means he remains blameless. And that's why I said, where is the integrity coming in at? Because these people have got to know he's going to take you down with the way he is. He's bringing you right down to the gutter to where he is. This stuff worked for him as a businessman, which his businesses wasn't all that great. But this behavior worked with him as a businessman, and he may have could have gotten away with that. But now that he's under the microscope of millions and millions of people, I mean, he's caused even contention around the world. So there's so many things that we need to pay attention to. So that just, that's it. That's well, you I know, because he gets, he gets me going. He's a master at the distraction. Uh, it's like he's a musician. A he's like a, the sleight of hand trick. Like, look, look at what I'm saying over here. They're bugging my phone, and while we push this agenda on this side, you know what I'm saying? So yes. you have to pay attention, you know, to the sleight of hand. Every time he wants to divert your attention from what's going on, whether he's in the hot seat, which happens to be a lot of the time uh, uh, when when the uh, Russian talk uh, was was getting pretty hot and heavy, then then all of a sudden. Obama was wiretapping. You know what I'm saying? So every time there's some uh, heat coming down on him, he throws out some outrageous claim or it says or does something, 
and, and to keep us distracted. Like we're and we're still talking about this uh, Obama thing. And, th- and this week, like you said, he met with the uh, who was that? The German, uh, the uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Merkel. Right, that Merkel. was a disgrace. Um, he tore down. Then he tore down. Right, he tore her down. Then he introduced the budget. The budget. Don't get that twisted. I mean that that's a that's a big thing. I mean you see all the cuts. In there, while he awards $59 billion to his uh, military contract buddies. I mean, don't get it twisted. He says it's going to the military. But guess who gets some of that money? Military contractors. And I wouldn't be surprised if his cronies weren't involved with those people. So, you know, you got to watch a lot of things here. It's it's it's, go, it's it's about to go down. Now, look, look, I, I said, you know, I said, well, look, we got two years. We can we can change this around by midterm. And he, he probably won't destroy the country too much in two years. But I don't know. I'm, I'm really I'm not really sure about that anymore. He's doing a lot in a, in a, at a fast pace because he has the backing of uh, both the House and the Senate. So, you know, I just hope there's some country left by the time the midterm elections come around. I mean, it'd be incredible if this budget is passed at, at, at what devastation it's going to cause. I mean, it's crazy. Ron, what do you think about this? Yeah. Um, well, again, everything that everything that Trump says is um, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. You'll see. You're going to love it. <laughs> you know. I mean, it, these are this guy's. Uh, this is these. This is his response to everything. Um, so I mean, it's kind of hard to take him seriously. You know, no matter what the uh, topic is, or or you know, whatever it is, it could be about you know whether the sun came out last night. The sun's going to rise tomorrow. Don't worry about it. It'll be fantastic. You're going to love it. <laughs> you know, um, so, I mean, it, it, it's, really, it's really sad uh, and comical, you know, to see uh, uh, this guy, uh, you know, in office. Um, and, and he was elected and put there, you know. Um, I, like, again, like I said, I see, a, you know, it's like watching a plane crash. In slow motion. I mean, at some point, um, there's going to be a break uh, within the Republican Party, and then there's going to be a split from Trump, uh, period. Uh, a lot of the things that, that he's uh, talking about bringing to the table uh, require um, the support of uh, Congress and uh, the support of the Senate and the support of the American people to bring the fruition. Um, he keeps holding meetings with, uh, like I saw, he had a meeting with uh, CEOs of uh, major corporations and businesses, you know, talking about how he's going to create jobs. And, you know, a lot of these things are easier said than done. Um, and it takes years to bring, bring to the table. And his whole claim to fame is that he's going to be able to cut, um, he's going to be able to cut the uh, amount of time it takes uh, to, to bring a lot of these promises that he made to fruition. And he's going to be able to get it done. He's, he's, uh, a lot of people, you know, voted for him because he was supposedly the get it done guy. Mm. Um, and I just don't see it happening. Again, I, I see um, a split uh, from uh, the, the a lot of infighting coming up uh, because these people, at the end of the day, have to they have to raise money for real for election for campaigns. They have to raise money and um, and they have to win. Uh, to keep uh, majority Republican majority control of of the House and the, and the Senate, 
Uh, and I just, with the, with the way things are going, I just don't see that happening. I mean, unless, unless he comes through with something, uh, one of the promises that he made, unless he comes through and people see uh, things getting better um, under Trump, you know, then I could see him, the, the, you know, the congressmen and the senators getting the support they need to get reelection because the economy's doing great under uh, Donald Trump. Mm. Um, but outside of that, um, you know, again, if we keep going the same you know, way that we have been going, I don't, I don't, as there's not enough change has, has come about, and, and, it, and the change that he's talking about is just going to take too much time and too many other hands have to be in the pot for him to get it done. So, I mean, I, I see him falling flat on his face and uh, with a series of undeliverable promises um, and then a split from him so these, that these folks can uh, take a shot at getting reelected. I see him as a four-year president. Um, and I even see somebody else in the Republican um, uh, Party uh, trying to, to, to come up and, and buy to, to, to be president in, in four years, something that hasn't happened in, in a long time. So, again, he has to really get it together. He has a limited amount of time to, 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 to deliver. Well, I see, like, I see two segments of his, his base. I see that the educated... Uh, um, Disappointed Democrats in uh, in what and what they believe Obama did in office, and then I see uh, the staunch Republicans who really uh, rode the rhetoric of, of the racial undertones, uh, and not and not mm-hmm. and not so much undertones in a lot of situations. It was very out- overt, but I, I see that other mm-hmm. segment that rode those racial. Undertones, and and I think they're going to be the ones that hurt the most. I think the the educated, disgruntled Obama supporters are are going to realize that this guy's a buffoon and maybe they made a mistake. But the other segment is the segment that that really really got his 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 race going. I mean, they they are the ones he's speaking to when he says he can go out in the middle of the street kill somebody and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna care those those fanatics are are gonna they're gonna follow them no matter what they're gonna follow them no matter what they don't elect they don't they don't elect presidents i mean they 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 are a small portion um of the american you know public and and they're yeah they're getting attention right now the same way the tea party got attention um but you know, again, they're not large enough in number um, to, to elect the president. Yeah, that's the plan. And now, I say I that, agree. but at I agree the same with time, that. with the amount of redistricting, with the, with the way that they're doing with the redistricting, um, and, um, you know, moving the party lines and, and moving people, you know, uh, stealing, moving people out of districts and redrawing the lines as far as, you know, whose vote counts and whose doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's something that needs to be watched. Um, and I don't think, again, so we're talking about wiretapping, you know, which is nonsense, you know, and that's getting news, but nobody's talking about the, the, the level of redistricting uh, that's taking place to allow these people. That's again, the real. In that case, is these Tea Party um, folks to have a larger share or a lion's share of the vote. That's you know, key. If they keep going the way that they're going. Yeah, they keep going the way that they're going. You know, your vote won't even count. It won't even matter. Just based on 
the way that they've drawn the um, the, the, the party lines yep. in the, in the in as far as the redistricting is concerned. You're right. Um, and then so you look at that, right, That's you look at I that under saying. the uh, Supreme Court justice, that he has an opportunity, the, the, um, the right-leaning, you know, far-right um, uh, Supreme Court justice, there's far-right folks all over the place. So, I mean, it's not going to be that difficult uh, at the state level um, to, to, to get these, um, these, these lines redrawn so that we, could, we have a continuation of um, Republican, um, you know, sediment, you know, and, and continuation of these rich folks. And this is what I mean. <clears throat> the wealthy <clears throat> have crawled into um, um, our government. It started off where the wealthy were, were uh, you know, heads of corporations, the lobbying, uh, the, you know, the K Street lobby that they call it, um, and then you, you, where they were supporting candidates um, and, you know, putting a whole bunch of money behind candidates. Now you're seeing that they're actually, they've gone from that to actually becoming the candidates. Right. Becoming the senators, becoming the congressman, becoming the president. So, you know, the wealthy have continued to put a squeeze and hijack this um, so-called democracy mm-hmm. or, um, or, 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 or this American government to the point where now, you know, they're going to have it all drawn up and written out, you know, in law. <laughs> you know, You're right. the corporation runs the, runs the country. Now, you know, the whole point of a democracy, by definition, is majority rule, Right. And so uh, this is, turns that whole idea of a democracy on its head. You know, I mean, it's more along the lines of uh, fascism, you know, the merger of state and corporate powers. You, hey, you bro, know? let me and just jump in. People, let me jump in there. You have hit the nail. I don't want you to go past that. Redistricting is so key. It's what won them the election. That redistricting allowed them to accumulate more uh, electoral votes with less votes per district. You understand what I'm saying? When you look at the popular vote, Hillary won by millions. It was the redistricting that had the delegates because you know it's, a, it's by delegates that you win the presidential. And they have somehow, you write, put turned democracy on its head. It's no longer majority rules. The majority of the people voted for Hillary. But we have this bumbling idiot in office. So you have to watch. They well, it goes back. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. Let me sit and let you finish your thought. No, I was just going to say you just, it's, it's more, you have to pay attention what's going on in the background. Like when they were doing all those, uh, 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 right, I mean, a uh, voter, um, registration acts and things like that. That's when they were putting this plan into place. And we saw it come to fruition with this last presidential election. You have to really pay attention. So, like, now majority does not rule. The majority, like I said, and we know, majority, the popular vote, voted for Hillary. But that means nothing. We have this bumbling Eddie in office. So, go ahead, Cookie. I'll I'll let you, I'll finish with you, and then we'll move on to Shira and her topic. But go ahead, make your your comment. Well, that. Just really quick. So that's why, and now you kind of understand why he chose the people that he chose to be in his office (laughs) and to be around him. Excuse me. Um, Because of every, every time we're distracted, they're doing something else. So Jeff Sessions, who, you know, is known for being a racist, 
um, with the whole civil rights thing with him and Coretta Scott and all that. Remember, they didn't want her letter read. They tried to shut down um, Elizabeth Warren on that. Um, you have Steve Bannon, who is a conspiracy theorist. His, that's his whole life. You look at him. Um, then you have, um, who's the next person? The young guy, Stephen Miller, who in his college days um, taunted minorities really bad. And then you have Kellyanne Conway, bless her heart. She's just uh, whatever. And, um, I mean, if you look at the, the, the people that he has around him, these are people who are pushing their agenda. They use, I look at it like this. They use Trump because they knew he don't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, you can see that even when he's meeting, when he's reading off of a piece of paper, his body language tells that he doesn't know what to do. Everything is just great and grand and fine. And that's not reality. And I also look at it like you want to, you know, you want this, the only person that's going to come out good after these four years is over with is his family, him and his family. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it where your family is there. I mean, with uh, um, um, with Merkel, you had his daughter and his son-in-law on one side of the room. And I think, truthfully, I think that they're there that so he can look at their faces, they can give him an eye blink or whatever, a hair toss to let him know, no, don't say that, no, don't do that. You know, and I think that's why he has them around him. But it's just, it's, it's, uh, I'm just sick of it. I'm, he just gives me the... Heebie-jeebies, I, I hate to say. <laughs> I just, I can't stand it. Well, let me say I can't stand that, it. that um, this is another excellent, excellent topic. We could talk about this all day. This could be a show in itself again. You guys are on fire today. <laughs> let me just say that. So um, next up is Shira. We're going to see what's going on and what's on Shira's mind. Oh, you know, for me, I think it's just this cash me outside girl. Um, if you don't know the story, she's a 13 year old girl, really mouthy to her mom, went on the Dr. Phil show and just like everything else, creative editing and whatnot. Um, they basically, um, at one point the audience said something to her and she went to say, according to her mom, she went to say, catch me outside. How about that? Like, Hey, let's go outside and I'll, I'll fight you outside. But what came out, because she was talking like a, I don't even know what, like I can't even call her a thug or what, I don't know. She said, cash me outside. How about that? And now it's like this big internet sensation. She's gone viral over the last few months. Now she has 8 million followers on Instagram. And she's being paid to um, promote other products like um Fit T is one of them. Nova Fashions is another. And so now this girl is becoming rich. She's definitely viral, which, you know, equates to famous in today's society. And she's like this phenomenon. And I can't, like, turn my head without someone being like, cash me outside, cash me outside. So basically we've taken, you know, an ignorant, Um, she dropped out of middle school. So this ignorant middle school dropout gangster, I don't, that's not not even gangster, is it? I don't know. I'm really stupid when it comes to gangster and thug life because you guys know me. I live in my pretty little box, but, um, I just, I, and I can't, it just goes back to kind of the reality conversation we had last week where, like, 
why are people I've letting this go viral? Like, what is wrong with people that they're making this a thing? They're letting this, they're basically teaching the next generation just be stupid and go viral and, and you'll be a millionaire. All right, let yeah. me end it. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't know anything about it. What is it, what is it about? All right, well, then. Oh, just Google like, catch so me outside. Yeah, let me, let me speak. <laughs> like you say catch me. Catch me outside like you're going to fight outside? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, her, that's what, her, yeah, uh, but she says cash, like yeah. cash me outside. Cause she says it's like, like cash me outside, how about that? Yeah. Cash me outside, how about yeah. that? Like, that's how she talks, like cash me outside, how yeah. about that? Like, All right, let so me let me just speak to this. Like, <laughs> let me speak to this. Now, uh, <laughs> Cookie, you're, you're, uh, Cookie, you're showing your age, Cookie. What's wrong with you? You need to turn off CNN all the time. You can't watch CNN all day, Cookie. Cookie, you have to check out Dr. Phil. What's wrong with you? But anyway, I, this girl, I don't, I don't, I don't see the problem, Sarah. I got, I got, I got a cash me outside blanket on it on the way. It's coming through Amazon. I got some of her merchandise. This this girl is hot. I don't know, understand, but anyway, she's she's making a lot of money off of this off of this appearance on the Doctor Phil show. I mean, like the reports are saying up to a hundred thousand per month on product ads. She's she's actually getting paid to post on her Instagram now. She's she's so viral. I mean, she's pushing products on her Instagram, and uh, I drink fit tea because of this young lady. I mean, uh, catch me outside was so catchy. No, I'm only kidding. Look, we're in the wrong business, man. We gotta, we gotta come up with something. We just got, we gotta get outrageous. It's working for people. It's getting people paid. It got Donald Trump the presidency. What? I mean, and we're sitting back and we're t- holding our nose up at these people at the reality stars. They're getting paid. Is, uh, what they're getting paid? Why do we have to have integrity? You guys are making me sick, man. I need a whole new crew that's going to be down with me. That's going to be ready for this reality show. We we just start cursing each other out and all that. Everybody will tune in. We'll come viral. That we'll be selling. Damn it, let's talk blankets and all that. What's 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 wrong with that? I'm only kidding. Go ahead. I'll let you respond, Darla. What do you think about the catch me outside, girl? You know what? It, it, sickening and what's worse is that the people who are really tuned in are our young people you know we have young girls that you know and boys 13 12 to 17 years old they're they're tuned into this and the parents are so oblivious to the things that's happening in their homes with their children that it's catching fire we have a responsibility but we don't act on it it, it's the same thing as reality television. It all sells because people are so into ratchet. People want to see the worst of everybody they know so they can make fun of it. So it makes them feel like their world is not as bad. It's sick. It's sad. And I don't, I don't co-sign it with my, with my 14-year-old. Not at all. Oh, yeah, I... It seems like there's a, a, a race to the bottom. Who could be the most <laughs> ignorant? You know what I mean? I, I mean, Absolutely you, you, I, I, I can't try to compare this cash me outside to the mumble rap. You know, the mumble, what they call mumble rap. And, and mumble rap. <laughs> mumble rap is supposed to be this, uh, for those who don't know, this, this uh, method or, or version of hip hop that when a rapper Dante, why is you rapping. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's when a, when a rapper. Yeah, um, 
when the rapper is rapping, um, he no longer has a verse or a message. It's just a series of mumbles and, and words that and repetitive, you know, almost grunts and sounds like a caveman, you know, uh, on a on a hip hop beat, you know, repeating itself over and over again, saying some of the most stupidest things you've ever heard over and over to a to a catchy beat. You know, that's what hip hop is is boiled down to now. Uh, no more messages. And so when I look at that. Uh, mumble rap, and then I look at this um, the, the white girl, let's call it for what it is, saying, cash me outside. I gotta ask, you know, number one, what would America do without black people? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, because it seems like they mimic everything that we do, right or wrong, good or bad, you know, they, they, they just latch on to it, and, you know, from the dancing to the music, they buy all our music, you know, and now they even want to—they dress like us, you know, and now they want to sound like us. And now it's to the point it's so bad that they're—they're they're creating their own. They—they stole it and they're creating their own versions of it. Um, to where now is cash me outside? You know what I mean? Uh, so I mean, what would what would this country look like if all the black people had left when Lincoln freed the slaves? Uh, when he when he well when he abolished slavery? Because you got to remember. Abraham Lincoln, um, not to get off topic, but um, you got to read the book, and I always got a, I always got a book for you. Gerald Horn, he is a uh, uh, professor of history and American studies at the University of Houston. Wrote a book called The Counter-Revolution in 1776, Slave Resistance and the Origins of the United States of America, basically stating that uh, the United States was founded on slavery or for, to, to maintain slavery. But anyway... Uh, Lincoln freed the slaves, but he never believed that the black man and woman was ever going to be equal to a white man. Uh, he was a devout racist um, and just believed that, you know, blacks didn't, um, would, would never be on the same footing as a white man. And his, if he hadn't got assassinated, his plan after he signed the Emancipation Proclamation was to deport um, all African people, people of African descent from the country. Um, and, and that's not to say that, you know, a lot of us were already here, Native Americans, so on and so forth. But, you know, his plan was to de deport everybody. It wasn't to, to, uh, to integrate us into uh, America and become this great metal melting pot. That day. He, he's turning over in his grave right now that we're still here. We celebrate him and gave him a monument. But what would this country be without black people? in it, you know, um, no matter, you know, what we do, what we say, you know, they, um, they acquire it, they adopt it, they buy it, they, you know, they wear the clothes and, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's really sad. Well, let me know? interject and, you know, here. It's just really sad that. Let me interject. Well, I just, just to close on that. Okay. Like, yeah. But before you interject, let me just close on, you know, with the middle class, uh, the white middle class, uh, in this country, uh, descending further and further down the, the, the ladder of success, down into poverty, you're, you're starting to see um, a, a lot of, um, you know, of the white community uh, begin to suffer some of the ills of uh, low-income life. And, you know, their kids are starting to mingle more and, and uh, suffer more, and, you know, they're starting to really feel some of the lyrics and, and some of the music uh, that, that we put out and starting to, to, to really adopt it so, to the point where now 
you know, when they speak like that, I used to be offended. You know, I used to say, you know, why would you, why would Eminem want to be an Eminem? But now I'm starting to realize that, well, damn, you know, Eminem, he's, he's hurting just like, just like I'm hurting, you know what I mean? He's starting to really um, embody that, that pain and go through a lot of the things that, you know, impoverished people um, in the black community go through, you know what I mean? He's starting to really see it for what it is. So, I mean, now she may have said that, you know, that may have been genuine. You know, um, well, that's what I wanted to get. You know, at. they they may really, yeah, they they they're coming from a genuine place with it with this ebonics and you know the mentality. You know, they're coming from a genuine place because they're not a. It used to be, you know, uh, the Jewish kid that had the car at fifteen, the, the you know brand new car at fifteen wants to be you know ghetto or hip hop. You know, now he's really. <laughs> It's really in the ghetto, you know. Right. So that's what I I wanted to get to that. That's what I wanted to. I agree with a lot of what you said, except for the part where you just gave us credit for "Cash Me Outside" as a race. I don't think that is, uh, uh, you know, ignorance is not, uh, no, it's not color bound. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Ignorance is is across all lines. So don't tag me with that because I don't know a lot of them cash me out. No, I didn't, you know what I'm I, saying? I, you know, if I, if I did that, if I, if I did that, then you may, I never heard uh, of it. I'm still like lost. So, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I heard what I you said. I probably did it inadvertently, but I just wanted to separate that. Like, no, no, like, like we got ignorance across all the color lines here. You know what I'm saying? Don't get tagged. Thank don't, you so don't tag, much. Don't hang that tag on Thank us. Thank you. All right. Absolutely. So. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just saying that um, in the media, right, and um, and we're always, just like the, the vast majority of people that are in prison right now are, um, you know, come from the white community. You know, that's just the bottom line. You know, they they make up the bulk of the of the prison population. So I mean, um, so I mean, there are a lot of misconceptions going on out there. But what I'm saying is that these misconceptions are now being um, uh, rolled back. You know what I mean? To now include uh, low income and impoverished white people. You know, um, now you you know when you when you broadcast it, somebody like her always existed. Right. Okay. Right. Is what I'm saying. Right. But she was never. She was never put in on a on a never given a stage. You know. Never. Never put on a um a pedestal. Right. You know. Never given a platform. You know. And what I'm saying is that times have changed so much and so drastically now that uh you know, you know poverty is hitting them so hard that now they're kind of forced, you know, to to, to give people like her. You know, a platform and say that yes, they yes, we we got them too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you know, that. Which is what I said last week. Go ahead, Darla. Let Darla get it. And that's exactly what I said last week. When you have nothing, and all of a sudden, something is presented to you. Um, if you if you're struggling from paycheck to paycheck, or your your bank account is like zero, and somebody says, "Here, I give you twenty thousand dollars to." continue your ignorance because I think it's cool, you're going to take it regardless of how it makes you look. And, you know, and other people see that and think, okay, that's cool. But still, I've never heard uh, this young lady catch me outside. Um, I've never heard of her. But but that's what people are doing. Like you said, they don't have, you know, they're poor. They're in the hood just like all of us or most. Not all of us per se, but I'm just saying those who come from nothing and all of a sudden somebody presents you with 
some kind of fortune, you're going to jump on it. You're going to well, jump I... on it because you, you're tired of you're tired of living the way you're living. So if this helps you to escape what you're dealing with at the present moment, you're going to take it. Well, this is a we're living well, in a, no, a, but a capitalist society. Everyone else. Right. That's like, what's really, perpetuating you know, this not... whole situation. I'm sorry, Sarah. Let me just get that out. We're living in a capitalist society no, where the greed of money is perpetuating a lot of this. I mean, especially this girl is yeah. like the poster girl for that. I mean, they don't care. Uh, you know, forget about where she come from, what culture or whatever. You know, she she went mm-hmm. viral, and the and the and the, the and the greedy people out there just saw that five million people are following this girl. Let's cash mm-hmm. in on this. Let's make money. They can care less what kind of message she's sending or, or what kind of effect she's having on the children exactly. or, or, or what kind of effect the culture had on her. They can care less about that. It's about cashing in. Five million people seem to think she's important. Let's get our products on her channel. We'll give her money. We don't care. We're going to get it back. Uh, that's what's pushing this whole thing. That's the sad part about this. I mean, and, and it continues to push that culture and that ignorance to a higher and higher level. Because like you said, Rome, it's like the race on uh, who can get to the bottom the quickest. The people, the capitalists, the people, the greedy the greedy people don't care what's it doing. It's just getting their pockets fatter, and they don't care what effect it's having on, on uh, the people that's following her. But go ahead, Shara. I'm sorry. No, I was I was gonna say the same thing, except for you said it way way nicer than I was going to. <laughs> you want to call them pigs? Come on, call, you can call them pigs. That's allow. what's going to get us paid, Shara. I, call them pigs. Call them pigs. <laughs> right. So the thing is, though, you know, when you as a parent, you know what your mm-hmm. kid is has on on their Instagram or on their IG or or. What is that other message they are into? Some old other crap. Snapchat. Snapchat and all whatever that it is. Stuff. Yeah. If you know, if you get a chance and you and you make them show you who they befriend and make them explain to you why, you know, you, it, it just takes time. It's a pain in the ass to do. Like, I mean, I'd much rather be sitting out back with a cocktail in my hand as opposed to watching this girl's crap and then asking her, who are these people you're following? But I just feel that it's, it's my responsibility. So, I don't know how to get across to, to parents that you, you can really do more than you think you can. You do have more control than you think you do. You just have to make it a priority and, and not say that your 14-year-old is going to be okay. You're going to be okay with your 14-year-old uh, following casting me outside. So I mean, so I'm Darla. I don't have, I'm tired. I don't want to, that's a lot of work. And no, stuff. You know, why? Dante, why I gotta do that? They all right. They gonna be all right. Up to your house. Now they're standing up to you and talking to you all crazy as their parent because they see this girl does it to her mom. Now you in jail because you fucked your kid up. Dah, Tala, you go. Now I gotta do more work. Jeez, Dot, bring your computer down here. Jeez. All right, go ahead. All right, who's next? Well, I, I, I agree with Darla. It's like, I knew she was coming with that one. So I was saying, I ain't going to say anything because Darla could really come right now about this parenting thing. But um, I, what are your kids listening to? Why would you have them listening to something? It was like when uh, rap music 
you know, really started coming out and being on the scene. And my children started listening to it. Now, Aaron grew up um, probably uh, Grandmaster Flash in 84, 85, Grandmaster Flash. We hadn't even really got into uh, gangster rap yet. Uh, Julian grew up in the gangster rap area. He was born in 93. So some of the stuff, and Aaron, once he went to college, you know, you hear all kinds of music because, I would say I almost made it like a, a teaching lesson so the kids would be like, oh, my God, Mom, really? Dissect that. Break that down. What are they saying? Why would they say something? Why would you look, Why would you sing a song? Why would you glue to a song to a man calling a girl a bitch? Why would, you, why, why would you do that? Would you want someone to call me that? And it got to the place where my kids were like, oh, my God, I can't even listen to this music because if I listen to it around Mommy, she's going to be, like, asking me 50 questions. Right, because as a parent... Why would you want that stuff? What is it? What is it doing for you? How is it helping you? Right. You know, it, it, that, same thing. What we were talking about with the, the um, reality shows. How is this benefiting you? Other than you say it's entertainment and it's funny, but you feed onto that stuff long enough. That stuff is toxic. It is. It is toxic. Um, but are we being all right. See, this is I'm, I'm, I, I want to. I don't want to. All right, but I'll put it out there because it's going to open up a can of worms. But are we being? Uh, are we just being old fogey stogies? I mean, like you know, we were young once, and then when we were listening to Grandmaster Flash, uh, you know, my mom and dad wasn't you know very fond of that, and they you know that was still when the, the age of rap was or hip hop was about partying, having fun, even when it moved to the more uh, political social consciousness era, uh, you know, the older people still thought that, you know, it was a bunch of malarkey, it was a bunch of, it was not good or anything like that. So are we now, our parents, are uh, are we, are we, are we just now our parents where everything that the young kids do is just crazy now to us? Because remember, at one time, the things we did when we were young which were crazy to them. Uh, no, that. no, because I could I could go back and I could listen to some KRS One as an adult Me now. Too. You know I what see. I mean, and, and, and still get the, the the message, you know, that was in the music. I may not even have understand it when I initially heard it, but when I go back and listen to it now, I just see how how talented that brother really was. Um, same <laughs> thing if you go back and you listen to um, you know maybe um, uh, Gil Scott Heron. You know, or um, yes. mass poets. You know, the revolution um, shall not so, be televised. <laughs> right, right. You know, uh, <laughs> rivers of my father. You know, uh, a lot of his songs, um, a toast to the people. You know, um, you go back. But and you, Rob, you, to it, you said it. Still... You said it a little while ago when you said that you know the old school rap they had a message. Now they're just blah 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 bitch. Blah, 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 I could never, never see me at any age going back to listen to some of this stuff out right now Ever. and getting something out of it. Ever. There's nothing there. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could barely understand. I could barely understand it now, and I don't know that I'll understand it 20 years from now. Uh, that's the difference. You know, I, don't know. I, I, mean, don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we had we had Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg wasn't talking any political. I mean, socially conscious stuff. I mean, but he was describing an atmosphere that was in in that, that from a that, historical that was a real atmosphere. 
Yeah. All right. right. So this, so these young kids are not just, you know, describing their environment of today. No, they're not describing anything. Um, some of them, some of them. Not, not from a perspective that you'll be able to understand. (laughs) You know, you know, you, you, you can't understand it. That's, that's the thing. You can't, you can't understand it. You know, at least it doesn't make sense. The Snoop Dogg, right. And y'all just old, picture, y'all old, man. You know, of, old. of his environment. You know, um, and, you know, if I go back and listen to some of this stuff now, you know, like if, if you go out to uh, uh, Chicago, uh, Chief Keith, uh, what they, they have out there what they call um, outside of mumble rap, you have uh, what they call drill music, okay? Drill music is, is uh, the music that all it talks about is shooting and killing, you know, murder. You know, is is the uh, at the top of that agenda for for, for where's that for in Chicago? Music. Yeah, Chicago, Chief Keith. Um, so if you, if you if listen you to that constantly, though, right, Rome? If, if the, you listen to that yeah. constantly, I mean, that kind of mm-hmm. explains some of why you may have so many murders murder in Chicago. Rate. If you listening to that stuff every day, all day, yeah, yeah. Yeah, after so, a while um, you begin to carry out the act. All right, right. here we go. And, and it's like a it's like a soundtrack to, to the murder. And you're desensitized. But look, all right, come on. Right. Really all right, uh, you know me. I'm the Absolutely. Dark Knight. I, you know, I'll you bring up one side of argument. I'm going to bring up the other side. So, so let's go back to our era, my era, uh, and then I brought up Snoop Dogg. He had a record called "Bees Ain't Shit." But hoes and tricks. Right. Um, but but okay. That was our okay. error. Before you I mean, even that, go was, there, that was our error. I understand, but before you go <laughs> there, you look at the. You have to go with NWA. I mean, you have to go with NWA. Look at their environment. They had crack turned grandmothers into prostitutes. So right. if you're a Snoop Dogg, right, who's uh, who has a mother or a grandmother or a sister that's a crack addict. You know, right. your mentality as a young man is going to be that. Okay, so, you know, again, you, when you go, you can still go back and listen to that music and see that and understand it. You can go back to it and understand it. All right, well, what you I'm know, saying um, is that, you know, that, that era gave birth to this era. So, you yeah. know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That era, and, 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 and you can explain that in the way you explain it, I'm not sure that my mom, my aunts, uh, or any of those elders are going to buy that explanation about Snoop's song. You know what I mean? And just as we're, you know, I guess we got a a young person on from today uh, could probably make a good case for their mumble rap and what they're talking about today, and we probably wouldn't buy it. But I don't want you know no, what I'm saying. Like, I just no, think. No, you're not. What is this whole thing about that? <laughs> nice try. You're not going to get that, old, that out of here. <laughs> My son talks about something called trap music. What the heck is trap music? I said, what are they trapping you into? I mean, you know, like, what is that? Um, that's funny. That's what the, listen, that's what the cash me outside the, the, girl listens to. What are they to. trapping you into? <laughs> the, 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 trap, the, the trap house is the, is the drug house. This is, that's house. where they oh, right okay. the dope house where that's where they sell cook the coke that's where they cook the coke and uh and and sell it and um and then oftentimes in that environment you have um 
the buying and selling and manufacturing of drugs, along with the addicts that um, sit in the room, oftentimes prostitutes um, or people who are willing to do anything for the drug or to, or to make right. money oh, from God. the drug. Okay. Well, That's the so they call it, and, and, it's off, and it's oftentimes it's an abandoned house or a house that a drug dealer has purchased in a low-income neighborhood outright and owns. That, and he's, he, normally he owns several of them. He might have two, three, two, three of those uh, houses in the same block. And he doesn't live there, but that's where they manufacture and deal with drugs from. All right, no, so bringing this full circle, bringing this full circle. Bringing this back. He lives in a suburban area. Yeah, he lives next to the bankers. He lives right next door to the bankers and the real estate agencies, real estate agents and all the other affluent people. Um, so I mean, no, he does not live there. He just works there. <laughs> you know? Bringing this back Shara, to the cash me outside um, girl. Shara, uh, where you live at? Is there a lot of? Um, you see a lot of people on drugs. You see a lot of neighborhoods. I know you. Where are you at uh, again? I'm in. Well, I'm in Arizona. I'm in a suburb of Phoenix. I'm in Gilbert, but um, you know, I don't have a lot of that where I particularly am. Um, but kind of where I grew up, I grew up, um, a little further east and out in the boondocks and there's a lot of like meth, meth is the big, like white person drug. Um, there's a lot of meth. What is the, who? um, meth, meth, meth and heroin, like meth heroin at this point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Those are like, I don't, I don't want to, I mean, that sounds like kind of racist, I guess to say like they're white people drugs, but they're like, if a white person is on on drugs, it's usually meth. <laughs> or heroin. Or heroin, yeah. Or heroin, yeah. Heroin's another one. Um, so um, there's a lot of that, not necessarily exactly where I'm at, but around this this area. Meth is huge in Arizona. Um, there's a lot of uh, people who, meth labs, meth, meth users, a lot of people do that. Um, but I don't know, like... I don't see it. I don't come in contact with it every day, except for like the homeless people on the corners. They're always, they're usually strung out. All right, guys. Um, We're coming up on the end. I I hate to do this, Jerome. I don't want to, I don't want you to force your, I don't want you to rush your topic. No, 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 no. You know what? Honestly, um, you know, I, I, I'm so all over the place these days that um, I don't even know that I could have produced uh, one particular topic, um, you know, at this time. And I've gone into several, several different things. So um, uh, one, one thing I did want to bring up was um, that we need to keep an eye out on is um, uh, this show, this TV show, APD, All Points Bulletin, uh, is a show about um, this um, corporate guy. Who's now infiltrated the police department and uses his money to um, outfit the local police department with the latest technology um, to arrest the bad guy? Okay, uh, so he's coming out with uh, you know drones and you know these type of things. And what I see it as is a desensitizing you. To the fact that in the near future, um, people are going to be surveilled uh, by drones uh, by their local police department. Um, so, first thing that they're they're doing is rolling it out through this TV show just to show you how you know great 
uh, this this technology is going to be. Um, and then so when you see the, the LAPD or the uh, Chicago PD or the Philadelphia PD drone flying over your head, you're not outraged. Um, right now they're talking about deploying uh, drones in Chicago uh, along with um, the, the National Guard um, due to the, the high mur- rates of murder out there. And again, like I said, when it's our people, the approach is always different. Right? We know what's going on in the schools. We, we, we know what's going on out there. Um, but, you know, if, if they're looking to uh, take a military uh, approach or tactic uh, to reduce the violence in, in those areas. Um, and so by, before they can do that, they have to desensitize you by putting it in TV shows like, um, like APB. You've got to be wary of, of, of the media. And so now everybody's tuning into this show. And, you know, and then um, the, uh, also, and this is Fox, by the way who also now, um, it was supposed to all be overjoyed about uh, them having a black uh, lead uh, for uh, the show 24. They, they got the kid from um, NWA uh, that, that, that played in uh, the remake of uh, NWA. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. talking about the guy that played Dre. Yeah. The guy that played Dre. Yeah, right, yeah. right. And, 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 which is great, right? Which is great. This guy's an Army Ranger, you know, you know but... You know, again, you know, they had to drag him down, drag off all of the great things that he's done for his country and continues to do. They got to drag him down with the fact that his brother's a, uh, a major drug dealer. And that not only is his brother a major drug dealer, that he stole his brother's girlfriend, you know, and this, and this was their way. And every time you see black people outside of the lead character, they got to go back to this hood scene where his brother's dealing drugs and he had to take his brother, his girlfriend to his brother to watch her because, you know, he was going to be able to tr- protect her with these, these guns and drugs. And he, his brother went out to do a drug deal and, um, and, and she saved his life. You know, it was just Fox, you know, why can't, why we, you know, you, you had an opportunity here to, to put uh, a, a, a black, which are, there are a lot of, a lot of African-American veterans in this country. You know, we fought in every, we're the only race of people who have fought in every war that this country has had. Okay, so let's just put that on the table. Okay, and you had to um, fight in order to fight. In order, you had to fight right, to, ex- in exactly. order to fight. Exactly. And you so now you right get this, right, and so you get this Army Ranger now, his first lead, and you got to drag him down with the fact that, that his brother was a drug dealer. So, and you got the guy, I mean, and then the way they even do it now uh, is like a throwback to um, New York Undercover. The, the brother's got a leather jacket on in California, um, you know, and he's a big, big drug dealer. I mean, it's like old school drug dealer. It's not even up to date, you know. So, I mean, hey, I, it's hey, really Ron. sad. And I'm going to leave it I there. Just, I'm not even, because I could go I in, but I'm not, I know we're out of time. I'm glad you brought that up. And Dante, we, we, this is something we probably should talk about at another show, but you know, that deep, deep, just, you know, what you said, right. Desensitizing Mm -hmm. people to situations. It's been happening, but what, what we don't do, and I, and I hate to be the dead horse. We talk about it, but we never action it. You know, I remember taking my granddaughter to see princess and the frog. 
first black princess. I thought it was an amazing movie. But do you know what happened in the first five minutes of that great movie? They, they showed how this little black girl and her mom left this rich neighborhood, and, they, and, and you saw, you know, them on the bus and how the neighborhood changed. And I was appalled because my, my mm. kids didn't see that. That pissed me the hell off. And so she and I had to have a good long conversation about that because this is not your view, but that is their view of us, and we and we celebrate right. it. We don't, you know, we don't do anything about it. So, yeah, you know, I'm just gonna leave it right there. We got to stop talking and start acting. Right. We need to be in more positions where we control the narrative about how we live because, uh, you know, I mean, this this is a show in itself. I mean, we look at the disproportionate amount of. Uh, african-americans that are incarcerated i mean you know what's the percentage and i look around and i don't know 50 percent black people that are criminals you know what i'm saying i'm sure that you guys don't know 50 percent right. you know of the black uh-huh. people that you know are criminals right so why are, are right. that's just not realistic it's not realistic we have three black people on this show and and the amount of Criminals I know don't even begin to reach 40, 50 percent, the amount that are incarcerated. So this, you know, we have to we have to take a, a conscious effort uh, and, and, and give all our effort to be in positions where we can control the narrative of our story and how we're viewed. But uh, again, that's a show that we can do. Uh, at another time, you guys, I just thank you so much. You brought up some good topics, some good subjects. It was lively conversation. I've, I've been talking to people on uh, Facebook. I'm sorry, I should have addressed them more and, and told them during the the, uh, the recording that you could have called in and commented on any of these things live on the air with us. Um, and but I, I I failed to do so. But anyway, thanks for tuning in on Facebook Live. Uh, this podcast will be up as soon as I mix it down and all that stuff. But let me go over where you can hear it. You can see it on our Facebook page, Damn It Let's Talk Radio Network. You can get it if you have an iPhone on an iTunes, Damn It Let's Talk Radio Network. Uh, you can go to website blogtalkradio.com and search Damn It Let's Talk Radio Network. And on the Android platform, most uh, mostly every podcast app has our show. So if you have an Android, you can uh, download podcasts and just search the MLS Talk Radio Network. Again, if you like what you heard today, if you like what you saw today, put a comment in the uh, the live video. Let me know. I was just experimenting with that on Facebook. But if you like it, please share it. Share, share our show uh, with other people. Let people know that Damn It Let's Talk has been away for three years and we're back we had a lot of followers uh, then, and we like to recapture. So if you know anybody, and if they don't know about the show, let them know that we're here, and we appreciate that. So for me, Darla, Jerome, Cookie, and Shara, we thank you so much, and we're out of here. See you guys next time. Great show, guys. Peace. Peace.